I'm a humbled follower of Jesus, and I am in recovery, and I struggle with anger and pride and selfishness. My name's Matt. Hey, Matt. I'm a grateful and humbled follower of Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery, and I struggle with approval addictions. My name is Todd. So good. Good. Because it's been for you and I. Yeah. It's been months. Months. For the listener, it could have it could have only been minutes that snap, have passed. Snap of a finger. Since they heard Not Thanos' fingers. From, that's right. <laughs> Just a snap of the finger. Yeah. Yeah. We are now in episode four. Quattro. This is monumental, and we thought it would be easier to, to get here. We thought it would be easier to get here. Wait, are you talking about recovery or the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. We, we made it. It's taken some time. We've, we've been hard at work, though. Hard in our work. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, that's hard true. Hard in our work. Yeah. And... Uh, hard in the content work to make this happen. And I remember when we first started, we jokingly said, you know, hey, there's like 25 different podcasts that are about self-awareness yeah. and only like two have have <laughs> gone beyond the first episode. Well, now there's three. Now there's three. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know. I, I didn't even I didn't even look past episode three. So yeah. so who yeah. knows? But I am excited to be back with you, man. It's yeah, awesome. it's good to be back. You know, it's I, I, it's interesting that you say that we've been doing our work and also the work for the podcast because they're conjoined. Yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, right. There's nothing there's nothing that either one of us do that we talk about that isn't part of what we do in recovery. Sure. And I and I hope if we never meet anybody, including the six people we've asked to listen to this <laughs> podcast. Uh, if we never meet anybody, I really hope that that is conveyed. Like we're not reading out of books that we've written or read. Right. Mostly it's work that we both have done and continue to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the journey continues, man. Yeah. The journey continues. Absolutely. So I'm going to flip the script on you, Matt. Normally, for those that are familiar with our kind of approach, Matt comes for each episode with a question for Todd That's and right. clearly God intervened because he clouded Matt's mind from formulating any kind of question for weeks. Total fog. <laughs> Could not come up with a question. I, 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 I tried. Yeah. I tried. Oh, I, I know you, I know how you try when you, yeah. Okay. So I came, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop one on Matt here. And flip the script. So I, this is this is we're going to start with this question. Now, of course, I formulated this question around what it is we're going to talk about tonight. Okay. Okay. So Matt, I want you to think of uh, a time in your life when you were pretty certain, or at least developing a pretty strong desire to become something in your life. Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to st push into this a little bit. Like you can't pick, like I wanted to be a fireman when I was four. Got it. Okay. So like, you know, teenage years when, when you start kind of formulating, this is how I kind of want how to function and exist in my world. And this is what I'd like to be good at. This is what I'd like to be known for. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so think about, think about, I'm going to ask you to talk about that. Think about, you know, a time in your life when you're like, this is, this is the me that I really would like to become and, and, and talk about that. What was that? And, and, and just tell us some, tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the picture that comes to mind, uh, from a, from a very early age, I felt like there was this calling to be a pastor that was that was a huge part of my life and, okay. and of my story, but that 
calling, I would say, t- took a back seat in my teen years. Okay. I was very involved in church. I was very involved in ministry opportunities and volunteering in camps and all of the stuff that comes right. with growing up in the church in like the 80s and 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. All I ate up Christian culture at the um, at the buffet. I was okay? at a home the, the town buffet, buffet of churchdom. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Old country buffet. There you are. Um, yeah. That that was me and and church culture. However, I remember being in high school and getting a very clear picture. And I don't know what brought that picture ab- about. I don't remember it being. Uh, that I attended a large conference or that I was at a at a mega church or, or something like that. Yeah. But I, I got a picture in my head that I want to speak to the multitudes. Hmm. That was the phrase that came to I want to hmm. be in front of thousands of people, thousands right. and thousands of people. Okay. And that just became the trajectory. I'm gonna be the person that's in front of lots and lots of people. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I know a good deal of your story, and I know a good deal of your more recent life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask kind of maybe what seems like an obvious question. Clearly, the pastor thing didn't get wings. Yeah, right? yeah. Not Matt's not a pastor, no, not I'm at not. least in the formal traditional sense of yeah, a pastor. Yeah. Um, have you spoken to the multitudes? Have you, have you reached a point in your life where you have been the guy who that's what you are known for and that's what you do. There was definitely a season of my life where that okay. was what I did. Okay. That was my job. Yeah. And what happened? I absolutely imploded. Okay. Yeah. W- w- without question. Okay. In that, in that spot, in that place in my story, that's, that is where I imploded. Okay. So now here's kind of one of the follow-up questions to that. Do you ever remember sincerely and authentically taking time to examine what could go wrong if I become what it is that I set out to be? I do not ever remember taking any real time. Yeah. Part of it is my personality. I am ready, fire, aim. <laughs> that right. is, I'm fire, yeah. aim, ready, yeah. or just fire. Yeah. You know, whichever, <laughs> like there's no other gotcha. speed that I have. Gotcha. And um, in, in the strengths finders, I'm an activator, which is to say that I will learn from the mistake. So I'll just ah, jump okay. out and yeah. learn from it. Okay. There is... There's great strengths to that. There's great, you know, a real strong point to it. There's yeah. an entrepreneurial spirit. Spirit. Um, there's an entrepreneurial spirit to that. There is a, a momentum to that. That right. you know, and, and a charisma to that. But there is a shadow side of being completely blind, right? And you know, running into a burning building. So, I know about the implosion. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been through recovery together in yeah. that sense. Since that time, is the speaking to the multitudes still what you feel called to, driven to, accomplish? Is, is that still your pinnacle? No. Okay. Do you remember a time when you realized that that was lost? Absolutely. And what was that experience like? I was sitting across from my counselor very early on in my recovery journey. I... I met with uh, an incredible uh, counselor, and one of the things he had me do is one of the very first exercises that he had me do was uh, to write a eulogy. Ah, so I wrote my okay. eulogy, and and then he asked me to kind of compare that to would that be any different from years gone by or yeah. And we just kind of examined that together and walking through it was it was in the process of writing that eulogy that I realized, oh, I have a very different view of what 
the end of this story yeah. will look like than yeah. what I have been pursuing so wholeheartedly. So it's safe to say because, and I, again, anybody listen to this, I, these are the kinds of things that we don't compare notes on whenever they happen in our conversations. It's like, oh, well, there's, thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing up. And thank you, Todd Mack, for not quenching the Spirit, right? Yeah. Because one of the things I was going to talk about tonight I think is really important in an aspect of learning the difference, because what we're going to talk about today, and this is what I'm asking about, is uh, understanding and coming to grips with the difference between our idealized self and our authentic or real selves. Mm -hmm. And so what I just heard you talk about is, yeah, when I reached a point when I realized, well, that's gone. That idealized self that I have been, that you had been essentially assembling Right, yes, for years, building up was gone. Yeah, working towards, and you had to put it to rest, mm-hmm. and you had to grieve it. Yes, literally grieving the idealized Matt that you had come to co- kind of come to know and love and let guide you. And yeah, okay. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's, that's that was a complete stuff. surprise to know. And again, yeah. yeah, we we do not plan no, the not the question, part. the show question. No. We talk about the other stuff, but we do yeah. not plan this. question. And we have yet to come to blows over those questions. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's throwing hands. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We do some some quizzical looks. Some some, some <laughs> yeah. Like I thought we were ixnay ixnay. <laughs> yeah. So so let's dive in let's and and I, I got you know. I got some thoughts together. And again, I just want to revisit this. This is nothing that like Matt and I do book work on and, and go, Oh, (laughs) people need to learn this from us. Yeah. This is our work. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is nothing that I talk about is any, is anything that I have not explored and implemented and at least tried out in some sense on my own. So I want to talk about idealized in real self. And, and for those of you out there that maybe are colleagues of mine in the field of mental health and, and interpersonal health re, uh, services. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get bookish about this, but but in, in the field of mental health, you'll hear, hear people talk about ideal self and idealized self, and, and it's, used in a, it's used in a little bit of a different context. It's used in more of a kind of a theoretical, con- theoretical context. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm talking about, what we're going to explore tonight is idealized in a sense of like the question I asked you. Like, this is the me that I really would like to become. This is the version of me that I really feel good about. Uh, it's based, obviously, on some very healthy things like natural strengths and gifts and that type of thing. But I love the fact that you talked about examining the dark side or the shadow to that because the idealized self not only becomes idealized because it's what we would like to be because we see the gold at the end of the rainbow, it also becomes idealized because we don't pay much attention to the potential shadow, including maybe I'm not supposed to really be that. Or maybe that's not really who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So I will touch on this part really quickly. And this is this is the kind of a theoretical part, but this is this is good stuff. Plus, I'm a big guy. I'm a big Carl Rogers guy. Carl Rogers is a, b- a big part of just my theoretical base as well. Carl Rogers used the word congruence when describing the relationship between the idealized self and the real self. Hmm. And congruence is when the two selves really fit harmoniously, which is, man, if we can accomplish that. Yeah, right. right. They fit harmoniously when a person's idealized self is congruent with their actual behavior. And I really like that line because I can tell you I developed an idealized self for me but my behavior started taking off ramps. And what I was working really hard at was to get it back on the freeway, which I never did. Mm -hmm. So all I was doing was like splintering my idealized self and incorporating all this, like just not, it wasn't healthy behavior. Like we talked about a couple episodes. I knew it wasn't healthy behavior, Mm -hmm. But, but I was, I was not, I was, it was becoming incongruent and all I was doing was letting it splinter and I knew it, my behavior was headed down past like, well, that's not ideally what I was after, but now it's there. Yeah. So I got to find a way to, you know, let it be a satellite almost. 
So let me ask you a question because yeah. because I don't come from a, a th- <clears throat> I think you use the word a, a theoretical or the, the Stick, some some sort of background. I, <laughs> some I, don't, sort of I don't even have a background. Some I, sort of ethical. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and what I remember very early, maybe even the very first week that I walked into a Celebrate Recovery yeah. and sat in a share group, the person who was leading the group said, um, you know, some in, in, in introducing, or maybe it was in a 101 or something, but told me, I want to be a person where my walk matches oh, my yeah. talk yeah and that sounds like yes. congruence yes. to me yes. so is that what we're talking about here yeah that's a that's a great uh, that's a great practical way to think about it okay yeah um walk the talk is i'm not doing this because i think it's better for me i'm not doing this because i think it reflects well on me i'm not doing this because it's expected of me those expected of me and what is right you know that's that's um, that's uh, can incorporate being virtuous, mm-hmm. which are great guides, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're if we're constantly doing those things and it's just our talk, it's not our walk, and vice versa, then we're incongruent. Yeah. And a person who is incongruent in almost any way eventually fragments. Timothy Keller talks a lot about that. Mm-hmm. This fragmented self is just the unwell self. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I I like the way this, this, and this is from Curtis Tyrone Jones, who's written about Carl Jones, uh, Carl Rogers, sorry. Too many, too many names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, the idealized self is often an unreachable version of ourselves that we in society create while the real self, I love this, while the real self is the messy, imperfect inner truth, Hmm. right? We want to be the idealized version because we believe that society will then regardless positively. So we struggle to maintain a version that does not really fit. And when I think about like the way I built my idealized self around me, it eventually became clothes that did not fit. Interesting. It was a, (laughs) it was a poorly tailored, Mm-hmm. shambles of an outfit because it was incongruent with the person inside of it. Yeah. And again, incongruence means fragmentation. Fragmentation mm-hmm. is unhealthy. Yeah. You will come apart. Yeah. Right. So I found another quote. This is from Craig D. Lonsbro. Yeah. <laughs> and it fits right with what we just talked about. If you wish to disassemble everything that you are air quotes in order to reassemble yourself into something that you are not air quotes, all that we will be all that you will have left will be a pile of pieces that will be neither isn't that great yeah you talk about incongruent right no doubt yeah so i i'm i'm so busy trying to take who i am and i want to i want to fit this puzzle these pieces into a different arrangement mm-hmm. and it doesn't work and so i'm neither right right and i think what immediately comes to mind there is the word brokenness. Yeah. Right. Because there's just a pile of pieces. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to take a guess that the person who, who chooses out of all the millions of podcasts that are out there, the (laughs) one that's related to recovery and focused on self-awareness has experienced brokenness Yeah, or maybe experiencing it now. Yeah, there's breaking and then there's brokenness. Well said. Right? Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, I can I can think of in my own experience, in my insanity, I knew I was breaking. Yeah. I mean, I knew it. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> pieces were figuratively falling off of me. Right. You know, I mean, my relationship with my family was, was falling off of me. Yeah. You know, it was breaking off. And yeah, so I, let's face it. The other reality is, you know, this is a recovery term and I don't ever let anybody in leadership or participants in CR in their own journey use this as a cliche. This should never be on a bumper sticker. Uh, God never wastes a hurt, right? Um, so, so the brokenness that anybody listening to this, you find yourself in or the breaking that you're going through, he, here's, here's maybe the silver lining, right? This literally may be the only way that you stop being incongruent hmm. and stop being fragmented 
and start to get healthy. You know, another, you, you've heard this, Matt, another big term in, in recovery vernacular is do you want to be right or do you want to be well? And I know fighting for my incongruent idealized self was all about being right. Yeah. Right? Convincing myself that what mm -hmm. I was doing was not that bad. Convincing others that it's not really my fault. Remember we talked about last time, if you only knew. Yes. Right? If you only knew. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah if that, you had the whole story. Yeah, yeah you would understand. Yeah. That was me so desperate to be right, and I was so far from being well. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so we're talking about, essentially, think about it this way. There's, there's self-awareness of the idealized me, mm -hmm. and there's self-awareness of the real me. And what I wanted to talk about tonight is understanding there's a clear difference between the two, okay? So one of the things that I struggle with, and Matt's heard me talk often about this, is I get upset oftentimes with my own field, the mental health field, because of what, I've, what I think to be great intentions, terrible execution. <laughs> and, and one of those is that we have developed a modern focus, especially in America, of self-awareness tending towards the ideal self and not the real self. Like you said, there's no shortage of books, podcasts, yes, discussion boards, you know, I mean, Facebook groups, Facebook pages, on self-awareness and positive self-awareness. And what's interesting is most of them do that connection, positive self-awareness or positive self-image. Hey, look, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But the unintended consequence, I think of that, uh, and it's more than a focus. I think it's a fixation yeah. on, on that positivity thing and developing self-awareness so that you feel better about you is do you see how that can start to slant in the direction of idealized self? Sure. I mean, go go back to this, you know, this discussion from uh, Curtis Tyrone Jones. Um, it's because society sees this as something more acceptable, and they help they actually help us create that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So so that's one thing right out of the gate. I wanted to I wanted to get everybody to kind of think about. You may have already done some work on this stuff. Or you may have bought a book and read several books or gone to see speakers and gone to motivational speakers and pastors and friends. And they're, you know, they're all about that you can be anything you want to be. Right? Yeah. And it's and it's it's inspiring and it's helpful. But it also, if you're not really aware of like you talked about the shadow of what it is that I'm trying to become. You can, you can start to head down this idealized self instead of the real self. And again, like this quote from Jones, the real self is probably a lot messier than you want to admit. Yeah. Right? Because that's not ideal. And right. society looks at it and goes, oh, well, it's too bad things are going so poorly for you. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. you, should, you should do something about that. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Is there a filter you could put right, over that? Right. And sure. that's, uh, you know, Matt, you've, you've had, unfortunately, and you've been open with this, even in our discussions for the podcast, you know, you've had experiences in your church life where I think that you've talked about you felt whether it was an unintended consequences or frankly, if it was sort of a like systemic subconscious thing of trying to shape you into an I air quotes, ideal Christian. Yeah. You know, and how in your recovery you are still learning the full extent of the damage of that. Without question. I think it's was, so I, and that's one of the things that I just have to continually name and then unravel yeah. things that I was taught that th things I was taught about God and therefore transferred those things, the things that I, that I learned about myself right? and naming those and unraveling them has been a huge part of my work because yeah. the church culture that I grew up in was very much Every Sunday, I think you could sum up the three messages that I heard uh, in the Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday evening right. um, services that, that I attended was, uh, you are bad, yeah. God's better, you be better now. Right. And I just heard that for years, and my picture of who God was was very 
uh, distorted. Yeah. You know, a, a, as a result. Yeah. And so the only way to be better was to follow this list of things. And if I didn't resonate with those things, or if I didn't understand those things, it didn't matter. Not doing those things, you're bad. Right. Do better. You're bad, do better. Yeah. And I do not believe that I saw myself the way God saw me. Yeah. I just did not see. Well, you had no foundation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Except he saw you as a, you know, terrible sinner and he had a lightning bolt in his hand. Yes. Ready to, you know, to to throw like a javelin at you. Yes. Anytime something bad happened, it was easily explained by my failure. Right. And that is not the same God Jesus knew. Yeah, you know, it's a it's been a great learning opportunity or learning experience for me. Understanding the process of how God, uh, I want to phrase this well because it's not. It sounds simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like golf. It's it should be simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Um, how God does not. Bless me, gift me, enable me with the capacity to sanctify myself. And that that's the I, part of the idealized self as a Christian that I lived with and put on a pedestal for a really long time. Right? Mm-hmm. I have to get myself good enough to like get in one of the doors mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of just the, of just the antechamber so that maybe God will have a moment to talk with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone recently where uh, they asked uh, cause they had started this, this new practice of, of prayer and, and they were doing it, you know, a, a little differently than kind of the book or whatever resource they were using yeah. laid out. And then they asked me, D- does this count? Uh. And I said, count? <laughs> Who's counting? Right. Is God counting? Right. And you and I know that sometimes those things, we just say those, you yeah. know, that's just yeah. off the cuff. And But I think that belies an underlying theology that is often taught, which is you the only things that matter to God are the things that count. Yeah. And don't do those things wrong. Yeah. Because they won't count. Right. Right. And so now you, you know, the self that you put on and put up in front of you, I have to become this is doing the things that count. Right. Even if I don't understand them, I don't know them. I don't resonate them. Right. And they lead me towards a God who does not exist in the Bible. Right. You know, is not the God, is not the Father that that Jesus knew. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that. That's the field of dreams approach to uh, Christ following. If you build it, yeah, they will come. Yeah, yeah. Not not what God had in mind at all. No, not at all. Sorry to disappoint Kevin Costner, but not what he had in mind. Yeah, although I have often pictured or heard the voice of God <laughs> as the voice of James Earl Jones. Well, who hasn't? Right. Either him or Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Or George Burns, <laughs> if you go back that, that yeah, 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 yeah. So, so going on with this discussion, I, I that and, and I really appreciate your input because it 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 makes sense, right? And yeah. We just like the, you know we've got these puzzle pieces. I don't really like the way that that assembles, so I'm going to turn them into this puzzle. It never works, and then you don't have either one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, this 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 um, this inclination towards self-awareness as developing ideal self instead of real self. I really do think that it's in least in part due to the consequences of our overindulgence with what we like to call the empowerment movement. And I'm all for empowerment, but we've, we've kind of messed up that word and what it should mean and what it should look like, in my opinion, both in society and in church. Okay, so the overindulgence with empowerment movement, and I can honestly get myself in trouble with colleagues who have, again, best intentions. I just feel like they got their execution kind of, kind of mixed up. And let's face it, the church, look, let's be honest with ourselves, right? We've had great intention. The church has oh, mostly always had good intentions. It's mm-hmm. the execution has been, yeah. you know, because it gets messed up by Satan and it gets messed up by the world, which is essentially the same thing, mm-hmm. right? And we're human. And we're human, and we fall for it. 
Yeah. So, you know, empowerment really is, is imp- true empowerment is taking the strengths of the individual and, imp- and giving them power to utilize them more effectively. Empowerment should not be, let's find what they're not good at and make them feel better about it. Yeah. That's where we've messed up empowerment. Mm-hmm. Now, I can guarantee you there's at least one or two people of the six that we've asked to listen to this podcast who are already going, well, Todd, what's wrong with that? Well, nothing except in the context of what we're talking about. You, you are naturally inclining that person to an idealized self because they focus on that and learning that and trying on those clothes instead of first learning what am I not. Yeah. Right? Just like, just like the, the quote, you know, uh, uh, disassemble everything that you are in order to reassemble it into what you are not. Mm-hmm. And so when um, empowerment heads down the wrong path, that's at risk. That's mm-hmm. in play. That's in play. Yeah. So really what we're talking about is, is a healthier and a balanced approach to self-awareness, mm-hmm. which from this perspective means that it's equally about what we are not as much as what we wish we were. Mm-hmm. So I got a great quote from Aldous Huxley that talks about this. Oh man, old Aldous. Old Aldous. If most of us remain ignorant of ourselves, it is because self-knowledge is painful and we prefer the pleasures of illusion. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that just speaks right to it. It's right on the money. Yeah, I, I'm messy. This real self is messy. It's not approved of. It's, it doesn't get attention. It's not uh, acceptable. It's not as good as those people. And I get it. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I speak from experience. As the new kid three times between the grades of two and six, right? Mm-hmm. I did not like that messy, vulnerable, uh, too, uh, just, just too open, too, too easily made fun of, too small, too unliked. I did not like that messy self. Uh, this reminds me of Christopher Nolan's uh, movie, The Prestige, yeah. with Hugh Jackman and, and Christian Bale. And there's a, uh, a time in the third act when uh, Hugh Jackman comes back to do his final shows uh, right. uh, as a magician. He performs his big trick, the original transporting man, uh, for his financier. And the financier says... You, you can't do it that way. They, they, they have to see, they have to feel like the illusion was, was real. Right. You know, um, people want the, to see the illusion. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's the end of yeah. that quote that that's what we prefer. You know, that's yep. a preferable yep. Uh, yep. Uh, perspective and we're drawn to it. And I know that in my insanity, I was, Give me illusion all day, right? Because because the other thing, I just was not prepared for what it would take. Oh yeah, not even remotely yeah. ready to yeah. face that reality. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting for for as long as I can remember, um, it it's still referred to now, but just using different terminology. But way back in the day, the OG, we used to call it. Well, they need. They just. She just left to go find herself, right? Yeah. Find herself is terminology for exactly what we're talking about. Hmm. She has been living. You know, this person has been living in this idealized self, in this image of their putting together and of their assembly, and and have fallen so in love with it and become so reliant upon it that it suddenly stopped or slowly stopped working, and now they've got to go find themselves. Mm-hmm which is go back to that messy real self. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, am, am, am I getting this right? When uh, kind of uh, tying together directly into recovery work. Yeah. Is that inventory? Oh, that's absolutely inventory. Yeah. That, that is, that is the, that is literally why I love the fact that recovery calls it inventory. Yeah. Because you've got to go back in, and if you've ever worked for retail, which I did at one time, here we go. Todd's going to date himself. Todd worked at the original Venture stores in Rockford. Wow, Venture. When it it opened. Wow. Post-Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) 
venture. Yep. Was, we it had, was like we had black Ulysses and white. S. Grant t-shirts and everything. <laughs> <laughs> venture stores. Yeah, venture was Target before Target was Target. It had the coolest yes. like uh, marquee. Yes. I remember that. Except I had to wear this like hunter orange sweat uh, vest. Nice. It was the worst. But I had to do inventory. I worked there for four years. Yeah. I had to do inventory. It's literally clambering through all of the stuff that has been in the storeroom, in yeah. the warehouse, in the back room, underneath the desk, in yeah. the display cabinets. Right. Literally clambering through all of that to find out what you have and what you don't. Yeah. And so if you think about that in terms of understanding who is the real me, that's why we call it inventory. Yeah. And that is exactly that work. I got to walk through everything, Every even the things that are tucked away, yeah. have been there for a long time. I don't even know what this is or how it got here. Right. But it's here. And now, and this is just as important, now I have to take accounting of it. Right. Right. What do I do with this? Now I know it's there. Yes. What do I do with this? Yeah. Yeah. And is it helpful to my bottom line or is it hurtful? Yeah. Because if there's no accounting for it, I have to count it from someplace. Yes, it has to, so, I mean, has to like, fall. Yeah, right. Just yeah. think about all the way the terminology works for inventory yeah. and quote, finding yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that work continues. Ab always. Right? It we better. We <laughs> find these things. In fact, it, it happened earlier today. Um, th this morning had a conversation with my son Zion and that conversation led to, oh, that I need, I've never inventoried yeah. that. I've completely forgot that that happened. Right. I, right. I absolutely have to, have to inventory. That. Yeah. Well, the other beauty about inventory, well, when it's done well is, um, it, it's any, <laughs> again, I'll stick with the retail, right? Yeah. analogy um now mind you we weren't smart enough to do this back when i worked at venture yeah inventory was once a year oh okay we're okay. using like an abacus or oh yes we <laughs> yes we actually yes we would line up uh we would line up small animals a just sundial <laughs> yeah. right right and we use words like thou that's what we did yeah inventory is best done consistently on a much smaller time increment Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, for in, in recovery purposes, we do our inventory. You do your inventory when you, when, you, when you go through the steps and you learn to apply the principles. Mm -hmm. You do an inventory. Yeah. But really what you're doing is you're going back into the storeroom, yeah. right? But as you bring on new life experiences and mm -hmm. new materials and new, you know, product, in other words, yeah. the best way to keep track of it is to take accounting of it as, as it happens, yes. which is exactly what you're just talking mm -hmm. about. So daily inventory in, in a sense of recovery. <clears throat> if you're not doing daily inventory and recovery, uh, there's a good chance you're going to find yourself in at least a pickle mm -hmm. where you're going to be surprised by something that in reality you probably should not have been surprised by. Yeah. And the way to avoid that is to be doing inventory on a daily basis on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, yep. really. Yep. Uh, and and you know, jump the shark a little bit. That's why self-awareness is important. Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm not aware of, oh, I just did the thing, mm -hmm. how am I going to take inventory of it? Right. If I'm not taking inventory of it, how can I think that I'm, how can I have any confidence that I'm really living in awareness of my real self? Yeah. This all becomes literally the snake with its tail in its mouth. It's a right. constant cycle. And if one part of that wheel flies off, the others are you can't you can't be doing daily inventory without being self aware. Mm -hmm. You can't be self aware if you're not doing doing daily inventory. Mm -hmm. And they have they have to function together. And yeah. it has to be self awareness of who you are, really. Yes. At that time. Yeah. And best that you recognize it before other people do, right? Yes. <laughs> we we say with wide eyes. Yes. That that are knowing eyes. <laughs> Of times when I have done it and yep. uh, it was pointed out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so healthier and balanced approach. It's just about what we are not mm -hmm. as much as it is what we really are. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, what we are not is not fun. Yeah. It's not comfortable. It's not terribly rewarding, but it's real. Yes. But it's real. Right. It's real. You know, um, <laughs> 
throughout my entire life, I can tell you that there are certain character defects that almost nobody appreciates. <laughs> One of them is people being fake. Hmm. Right? How many times have you ever said, oh, I can't stand them. They're fake. And they're right. Yeah. Right? So when you when you think about that context, right, if, if I'm not aware of what I'm not, as much as I w I'm aware of what I am, or even, or not even more, but equally, if I'm not aware of what I wish I was, as equally as I am with what I really am, okay, you are now on the fast track to being the thing that almost nobody appreciates, <laughs> which is fake. Yeah, that's true. You know, th this, this, th there's this, there's some really great stuff to Stoicism. And one of the things that, that the Stoics, absolute foundation of what they, you can, you can accomplish all kinds of things. You can become so well-known. You can be amazing. You can do great things. But if they are all done or any part of them are done at risk of you losing who you are as a virtuous person, it's all for loss. Hmm. All for loss. So if what I do, regardless of the, Regardless of the reason, when it comes to being fake, there is no end that justifies those means. Mm -hmm. And if it is, then I know where I'm going. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to end up that breaking and broken person again. Yeah. That's just how it applies to me. What, what keeps coming to mind as you are talking about this, the, the recognition and the, I don't know if the right word is balance or not, but yeah. just recognition of what we are not, what we are is is the cost. We're, yes. we're counting the cost yeah. of, of this journey. Right. 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 And, and it is hard to count the cost. It is. It is. Yeah. And it's hard for a lot of reasons. Yes. One is I don't really want to have to face the cost. Right. I right. don't want to pay that price. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to give up the dream of being a fireman. Right. Yeah. I don't want to give up yeah. the dream of speaking to the to the multitudes. Right. I don't want to give up the dream of being a vocalist for a really successful rock band. Yeah. So so it's a great point, and and we'll, we're going to dive into this in future episodes. But little teaser, okay? Um, when we really go, when I when I when I went back and I examined those idealized pieces of my idealized self that died mm -hmm. because I became incongruous, mm -hmm. right? I, I touched on it earlier. Like one, I never counted the shadow of what would happen if I reached it. Mm -hmm. Right. And the other is I never really examined if I was built to do that or if I was building myself into that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where people end up in career fields, in relationships in something that is not in, something that is not impermanent mm -hmm. and terribly dissatisfied just terribly dissatisfied mm -hmm. um so yeah that's that's what you're talking about yeah that's what you're talking yeah. about yeah worthy of its own episode oh, probably yeah. yeah yeah probably and you know the other part of us too we've talked a lot about this as well is you know generally as a society as churches, uh, even just as loving, committed friends, because we haven't had this either, nobody's really doing much in terms of teaching this stuff. Right. And I think uh, in my own experience, and again, this is where I get a little upset with my own field, I think that sometimes we're afraid to teach this, again, not not the... The you can be any you can be anything you wish you you put your mind or you can sure. do anything that you want to be. Yeah. I, I look, I am all for the spirit of that message, mm -hmm. right? Don't 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 squash hope, okay? Yeah. But sometimes we're afraid to speak truth into love because we we don't want to quell optimism. Right. Okay? Or positivity or yeah. Right. Those but go things. go go back to the discussion we just had. So if I am whatever, counseling mentoring, sponsoring, just generally in contact with somebody. And, and I see them, and actually I can think of a person right now as I think about this. Mm -hmm. I, I can see in them a strong desire to be something. 
that they might be, it could be who they are really built to be, but for now it's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? If I'm, I don't want to squash that optimism and I'm afraid to quell that hope, okay? And so I just kind of do the yeah, you know, the rah-rah, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, go back to the discussion. What's the chance that they pursue this idealized self and then one day they're in that place of, well, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And I'm pretty miserable, right? Where at that point, they're at a stage in life where they've expelled so much energy and gone through so much time. It's not like they can just, well, change their shoes. Right. 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 Uh, Somebody goes through school to become something that is an idealized sense of what they should be for all legitimate reasons but nobody goes, I don't, I, you know, are you sure this is really who you're built to be? Right. Right? For a moment of maybe, uh, heaven forbid, right, kind of just sort of settling down the optimism a little bit to get them slowed down just long enough to think of why are you really doing this? Yeah. Is, yeah. This, is this really what you're called to, to really, is this really what you're called to do? Yeah. Or versus... 10, 15, 20 years down the road when they're in it now. Yeah. And it's it's very difficult to have that conversation. Yeah. And I think it's it, it's difficult for a number of reasons. One is it's culturally difficult. I mean, it, think like terribly. just American Idol alone yes. and the people, you know, parading in front yeah. of Simon and, you know, back in um, OG days, Randy and oh, yeah. Paula. Yeah. Um, you know, when it when it first started and you have the... the what was the guy's name? William Hungs of the world, yeah. you know, yeah. who you should not be singing. Right. Right. But nobody could really say that except Simon, you know, who right. it doesn't have right. a heart or that's what you're seen as heartless. Like, yes. like exactly like you just said, you quashed optimism. You, right. you know, you put a hammer down on hope. Right. And, and, and that's not what we're talking about. No, that, that that's not no. what we're talking about. What no. we're talking about is that journey that allows you to see yourself in the way God sees you and knows right. you intimately, right. and and how you can, uh, with Him by the power of the Spirit, put those pieces right. together, well, right. and understand what each means. Yep. Right. Yep. And just for the sake of time, I'll I'll uh, move us to to kind of close in talking yeah. about that yeah. scripture piece. Yeah. Right. Because all throughout scripture with scripture in, uh, in speaking about people, because it's God inspired understands exactly, uh, who they were. Yeah. Right. But there's also some moments throughout scripture, old Testament and new where scripture identifies how the person viewed themselves mm-hmm. and there's a disparity between how they viewed themselves and how Scripture described them or who, yeah. where God knew that they were. And I think that's what you're talking about. It is. Right? Absolutely. And so yeah. um, uh, I'll, I'll just go to one in, in uh, Luke because it's kind of prevalent in the Gospels. Uh, Luke 18, verse 9, it says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So there's kind of an understanding that Jesus has of the crowd around him mm-hmm. and knows this is this is for a set of people that has their eyes on idealized self. Yeah. Right? They're confident yeah. of their own righteousness. Yeah. They look down on everyone else. And he's also saying, that's not you. You mm-hmm. know, you that is not true self here. And the the parable is about the tax collectors. But it, it follows with a, with a multiple other parables. Right. Okay. And what's really interesting to me is that at the close of those parables, it moves into Jesus healing a blind person. Oh, right. Right? And I thought that has to be intentional because what we're talking about here, there is a, it is not, it is not physical blindness. Right. You know, it is just wrong sightness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that can be healed. Yes. And you've seen that healed in your story. Right. I've seen that healed in my story. And I think what we would say to any 
of the six people that we asked to <laughs> and their friends and their friends <laughs> and their and their uh, significant others and family that they're <laughs> making listen to this on a road trip. We would say, God can heal that in you. Yeah, God can heal that. And and uh, I mean, uh, of course, um, what comes to mind? Not just okay. So we have these scriptures that speak to um, the two disparate views, right? We also have scripture that speaks to someone who knows the truth. Hmm. They are living out of true self. And I believe that is the description in the Beatitudes speaking to those who are poor in spirit. Yeah. They understand their position relative to God's position. They understand themselves relative to God. And we've talked about this in that we have distorted what poor in spirit means. Right. It's all over the map. Everything. Right? From even material, you know, well, economic, your uh, intellect, right. your attitude or personality. Your mood, yeah. your emotion, right. even, yeah. All of that, th- I yeah. mean, that that's bananas. Yes. Okay? So, so knock it off. Yeah. All right. It's bananas in pajamas. <laughs> that's right. So... Uh, you, you mentioned Tim Keller uh, before, so uh, I'm, I'm quoting him from his book, Generous Justice, How God's Grace Makes Us Just. He says, being poor in spirit means to see that you are deeply in debt before God. Mm. You have no ability to even begin to redeem yourself. God's free generosity to you at infinite cost to him was the only thing that saved you. That's beautiful. And what awaits such a person? Yeah. Right? What does it say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That's the inheritance that belongs to the person who does this work. Yeah. Uh, if I were to ever publish the Todd translation of the Bible, yeah. which don't hold your breath, it's not going to happen, <laughs> right? You could argue, based on everything that we just even talked about today, mm-hmm. blessed are those that are messy and know it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That I'm 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 a puzzle I'm a puzzle of pieces kind of strewn all over the place. I don't even know how to put this puzzle together. I'm not going to do it on my own, but I know that's where I am, and I can tell from my own personal experience. And Matt's heard my story a number of times. Never, never before was God ever more evident in my life than literally in that moment. When I had my poor in spirit moment, which mm-hmm. is I, I got no answers. I'm a mess and I just can't live this way anymore. Yeah. And then it was like, click, 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 click. All right. Finally. Yeah. Here we go. In James Earl Jones voice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yours is the kingdom. Yes. Of heaven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, this was awesome. And I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Let's not wait four months. Six to eight months. <laughs> We're just going to continue to extend this out and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Matt. It's always good to be with you, buddy. We'll be back again. Sooner than later.